More than 2,000 years ago, God's plan of redemption altered the world forever. The power of sin and death was broken through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And on that first Easter, death was defeated. True life, spiritual life, God's life triumphed. And over the next week, we're going to be exploring the journey uh, through this Holy Week, um, looking at these three significant times, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. Um, and and through the, doing that, we'll be looking at the life that Jesus desires for us to follow, um, the sacrifice he made for us, and his victory and his power that he showed as he rose again from the grave. You see, the life that Jesus offers us, offers us and you and me and, and all the world is a reason for us to celebrate. It is a reason to respond to God's open arms and his invitation to draw near to him. And I'm so glad you're able to join us on, online here today to be a part of this Palm Sunday experience as we begin to, to explore the life-giving truth of the Holy Week and of God's power to transform each one of us into a new creation. See, the events of Palm Sunday often referred to as Jesus' triumphal or triumphant entry into Jerusalem are recorded in all the four Gospels. So that's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. That's a sure sign that this day was very important. It marked what we see as the beginning of the journey to the cross for Jesus. But the reality is the, that journey began a long time before Palm Sunday. It began a long time before Jesus' public ministry and, and all his miracles. It began a long time before his birth at Bethlehem. In fact, Jesus' um, purpose was a, a part of a much bigger plan established before the creation of the world. It went far above and beyond what the people there um, on that original Palm Sunday even were aware of. You see, Jesus' journey wasn't just about the immediate circumstances. It would impact eternity, and his journey was not just about um, earthly events swirling in those dusty streets of Jerusalem. The true significance was in the spiritual realm. And while today marked a triumphal entry, Jesus' journey was not about human approval or, or cooperation. It was about um, one of obedience and to the Father and fulfillment of his plan of redeeming the world. And as we look at the events of what happened on that day in Jerusalem, I want to use three simple symbols to help us remember the lessons of Palm Sunday. These symbols are common items, but they remind us of the uncommon journey that Jesus took. They represent the ways he went above and beyond our understanding or our abilities in order that we might come alive to his life. So firstly, God's plans, while misunderstood, are never mistakes. Now, that can be really difficult for some of us because, and I suppose a lot of us could say, we're in difficult times right now. And when things are difficult, they don't make sense. And we have often led to a point where we're saying, God, um, have you made a mistake? God, have you, have you got it wrong? Um, but what we need to realize is that when we misunderstand God, it doesn't mean that his plans are wrong. The problem comes back to us. And we see this in this story of Palm Sunday because one of the key aspects to this story was the donkey. Now, for some of you, you you'll get to the point, as soon as I hear say the word donkey, um, you actually go straight to the movie Shrek. You start to think of this little sort of annoying animal that follows Shrek around everywhere. He talks too much. He's somewhat annoying. He, um, he eats all your food. He's in your face all the time. And so because of that, I want to give you a different picture of a donkey that might help you focus and, and sort of set your mind straight. How's that work? 
Um, again, a picture of a donkey, maybe it doesn't um, sort of help you out too much. Um, and so maybe we need to try one more just to give us a good picture of a donkey. Well, take a look at this animal. What do you think of it when you see a donkey? We, they're known for being stubborn. Um, and when we think of Jesus making a triumphant entry into the Jewish holy city, it's logical to question, why a donkey? It's probably not what you or I would have chosen for Jesus or you and I would have chosen for ourselves. So at first glance, it might seem that Jesus um, was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey was just a practical matter. He was tired of walking. There was, there was a donkey available. There was no horses. The uh, camels were all taken at the uh, rent-a-camel booth. So there was just a donkey available. It's just a practical thing that the disciples did. But no, the meaning of Jesus riding on the donkey went above and beyond the immediate uh, all the practical. Um, even this detail, this lowly animal, was part of God's bigger plan. So we might misunderstood this, but God has planned for this. Way back in Zechariah 9, 9 in the Old Testament, there was a prophecy that the Messiah would come riding on a young donkey. And Matthew quoted that in the passage that we read earlier. Um, it says, Say, daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on a foal of a donkey. You see, Jesus specifically wanted a donkey. What might seem like a plan B practical solution to the immediate situation was actually a specific fulfillment of thousands of years of promise. Take another look at this donkey. You'd have to admit it's kind of cute, but cute, but I wouldn't go as far as calling it majestic or royal. The top Roman soldiers of, of Jesus' day rode on fancy, majestic and horses. Now, those were to show power. And position. Though they those said power, strength, and authority, the donkey, not so much. But while the donkey can represent the humility of Jesus, the ironic twist to this is that by riding on the donkey, Jesus was actually proclaiming to Jerusalem, to the crowds, to the leaders, that he was the Messiah, he was the king, he was the promised one. The dedicated Jews gather, gathering in Jerusalem at this time for the celebration of the Passover would have been very aware of this Old Testament prophecy. So this simple act demonstrated the connection to the past by fulfilling that prophecy. It also pointed to the future of Jesus as king, not an earthly king, as some imagine, but as a true king who would reign forever in God's story of love, forgiveness, grace and redemption. The Messiah whom the, whom the whom the Jews had been waiting for throughout the centuries. And here he was, riding on a donkey. So yet, yeah, God's, um, God's um, plans, even when they don't make sense, are not mistakes. Secondly, God doesn't give us what we want, but he gives us more. Now, for some of you, you're going, oh, that's, that's great, because what I'm praying for right now, I'd love to have more than that. Um, and again, I'm not saying that, okay, you pray your shopping list before God and then God will just go, okay, I'm going to double it. Not saying that at all. God actually knows us and God knows what he needs. And so sometimes the things that we desire and that we want, God says, I've got something better for you instead. And so, again, when we're in the middle of a trial, some of us go, God, I want this trial to be finished. And Jesus says, I've got something more for you instead. Stay the course. Trust in me. I've got something more for you. And so the crowd was the same that day. They, they, they were expecting something of Jesus, and Jesus said, I want to give you more. And so I'm going to, um, so yeah, so God doesn't give us what we want, but gives us more.
And so we're going to talk about the palm branch. Um, now imagine for a second, you've got your family loaded in the car. The cheer, kids are cheering loudly because you are on your way to get ice cream. Um, you probably have to line up for ages to do that at the moment, but you are on your way to get ice cream. The kids are really excited. And, but, and they can almost taste the ice cream. They're, they're sort of shouting out their orders. I want this. I can I have this. Can I have some, like, some chocolate on top? Whatever else. They, they, they know what they want. They're dreaming of it. But surprise, you drive right past the ice cream store, all the way to the airport, you board a plane, and you fly to Paris. The kids should be ecstatic, right? They are on a trip of a lifetime. But instead they are crushed because they were looking forward to ice cream. It just wasn't what they expected and didn't fit to their idea of what should happen. Now again, most of us don't have a, a secret trip to, to Paris plan anytime soon, but it gives us a glimpse of, of how we react to what God wants to do for us at times. God has got this big gift that he wants to pour into our laps and instead of sort of accepting that, but we got, I just want this little problem to be fixed. And God's saying, I've got so much more for you. Um, and so as, as the people, as Jesus came in to Jerusalem on that Sunday, there were, there was cheering with excitement. They thought their king had arrived. They could almost taste the victory as Jesus rode into town. And we see this in, in Matthew, um, 28, uh, 21, uh, verses 8 to 11. Uh, the very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that had went ahead of him uh, and, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The crowd waved, um, palm branches, which were a traditional symbol of victory. This is where we get the name Palm Sunday from. The people spread their cloaks on the road for their new king, and they could almost taste the sweet goodness of freedom. Finally, finally, their Messiah was coming, and he was going to kick some Roman tail and overthrow their oppressors and set up the perfect kingdom for the Jews. Isn't that, doesn't that sound great? If you were on there that day, that would just sound like the ultimate um, fulfillment of, of all your dreams coming together. But the crowd was soon to discover that this king wasn't what they expected. He wasn't there to set up an earthly or political kingdom. Instead, he went above and beyond what they could have possibly imagine. And he was a spiritual king and not an earthly one. And his victory, the ultimate victory over sin and death, would be more than freedom from their current oppression. It would be the victory that would restore all of creation and made a way for every person to have a right relationship with God. He would throw off and defeat the oppression of their souls. But they were looking for freedom in the, in the physical, the freedom in the now. They weren't looking for freedom in eternity. Now, there obviously were many people who approved of Jesus when he rode into Jerusalem, and they were the, they were the ones cheering. And there were many who did not approve of Jesus, however, also including the Pharisees and the religious leaders, who were threatened by Jesus' popularity. But none of them understood the magnitude of what Jesus was preparing to do. Even Jesus' disciples didn't get it. And John told us in the Gospel, in John 12, verse 16, At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about 
um, him and that these things had been done to him. What about you? What do you expect from Jesus this Easter? Are you prepared for his power and victory in your life to go above and beyond um, those expectations? Do you want the more that Jesus wants to give you? And are you willing to let go of, of what's right in front of you to open your arms up to Jesus's more? This leads us to our last point for today, which talks about Jesus' actions and purpose depend on him and not our desire or understanding. Now, what I mean by this, um, and again, I can't ask you to put your hand up. You can if you want at home. But some of us know how to start our car. We know how to fill up our car. But we may not know all how everything works in our car. Again, some of you might know how to turn on your computer. Um, you might have, know how to work some of the programs, but you don't know the internal work, working of your computer. Some of you know how our bodies work. Now, I know if I put certain food in, it, it, I, get, I, get, I put on weight. If I, if I eat the right food, I have better energy. But I don't know all the details of how my body works because I haven't learned about it. And in the same way, sometimes we think our lack of understanding should... Jesus should actually fit into that. We think because I understand Jesus like this, or I understand him this much, that's how Jesus should work. But his actions and purposes are never limited by what we want and what we understand. Now, and this is actually a really big praise point. You may not realize it. But this is a huge praise point because if Jesus was limited to what I wanted and what I understood, my God wouldn't be very big. But Jesus is bigger than what I my limitation. Jesus is bigger than that. Um, and so we're going to have a look at um, the third element that I want to look at is, is some rocks. Um, see, Palm Sunday is really a snapshot that represents all of Jesus' life, his love, his sacrifice, and commitment to a greater story, to God's ultimate work. And when he rode into Jerusalem, he didn't arrive in order to raise more support, um, or gain more approval. He wasn't on a to, about to get re-elected as God. He was God. This was not a campaign rally where he was trying to short, make sure enough people liked him to get um, into their good books, to get on TV. That wasn't his goal. And he knew that what was coming. He knew in the coming days he would die on a cross. He knew that um, 100%. Only days later, the crowd that had been shouting Hosanna would be the crowd that was shouting crucify him. And yet it didn't change Jesus' purpose or his actions. Jesus' purpose was not dependent on human approval of, or praise. And Jesus made this clear as he recorded in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 19, verses 37 to 40. Um, when he came near to the, the road um, which goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joy, joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes... Um, um, in the name of the Lord. Peace in the uh, heaven and the glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples, I tell you. He, he, and he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't um, seen stones actually cry out at all. It seems impossible. But that was just his point. The importance of the day wasn't about who sang praise or, or who kept quiet. It was about all of creation, which was in need of redemption. All of creation, which was held under the curse of sin and death. All of creation, 
which would praise God when its creator was at work in such a significant way to lift the curse and make a way for of restoration for the ultimate good of those he, he originally created. Jesus' purpose was not to be liked by the majority of people. It was offer, to offer his, ultimate, his life as an ultimate sacrifice so that all of the people, all of creation, could worship God in new freedom and truth. And so whether the people approved or disapproved, recognized or had no idea what was going on, Jesus' purpose never changed. It was above and beyond our earthly understanding. And today we have the privilege of hindsight. We see what the disciples did not. We know that the end of the story, uh, what happened. And we, so as we watch the events of the Holy Week, we begin to unfold the idea that we come alive to his life. Ways that are above and beyond our own. They, they were when Jesus entered um, Jerusalem that Palm Sunday and they still are today. The words of Isaiah were appropriate then and they are appropriate for us today um, from Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. There was no doubt that God is above and beyond us in every way. And yet um, from above and beyond, God sent his son Jesus to earth. In a, in a way we would never imagine or plan for or even chose Jesus to come and live in such humility. He lived among us in solidarity. He sacrificed everything in obedience. And perhaps most of all, um, that well-known verse tells us uh, this, John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, Jesus' life purpose was to bring about God's love and life to a world his love bridged the gap and provided a way for us to cross over into the holy presence of God of this universe, to know him and to relate to him. And as Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.12, in him and through him, um, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And if you're listening, wondering what this journey of the Holy Week means for you, don't miss God's invitation. He loves each one of us and invites us on this journey through the Holy Week and into a relationship with Him. It may be an unexpected journey. It probably will be a surprising journey. But what was once impossible um, because we were separated from God by sin and death is now possible um, when we come alive to the life of Jesus. Because of what He did, we can now respond as the writer of Hebrews directed in, in Hebrews 4.16. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Today, we come alive to Jesus' life. As we continue our journey through the Holy Week, prepare to come alive um, to Jesus' sacrifice through the death on, on Good Friday and to celebrate Jesus' power through his resurrection on, on uh, Easter Sunday. And just as Jesus entered the swirling city thousands of years ago and entered into the final stages of his work on earth, Let's invite him into, to enter into our hearts and lives. Let us shout praises of Hosanna for the Messiah King, that he, uh, for, that he, um, is it, he is it. But also let him join him in humility and obedience with our eyes open, our hearts full of gratitude. And let us join him in God's ultimate work of restoration, healing and true life. 
Let's just pray. Lord, we want to thank you uh, again that this means, um, this day is, uh, represents your plans coming um, into action in, in, in your world then, but also means the same God you were then, you are the same God now, and that your plans are at work. You have the power to achieve them, and your plans may go over our heads at times. And so, Lord, I pray that in the midst of all that is happening, that we will learn to trust you, um, even when we don't understand what you are doing. That we know that you are that you are God, and you will not be. Your plans will not alter because um, I want something less. That you are desiring to give us something more than what we settle on at times. And so, Lord, I just pray that as we explore this this week ahead of us, that you are make yourself known to us in so many different ways. Show us the more that you are wanting to give us, Lord, so that we can see and, and take hold of the promise you have made to us. I pray for all that are listening here today, again, that they may be challenged by your presence um, and that you may enter into their hearts today um, and, and showing that you are king and that they can follow you with all their hearts. We pray this in all your name. Amen. Uh, now, before you go, um, I have shared a link uh, in the comments of, of the message today, which is probably a great song uh, to um, finish up today if you're wanting to take some extra time. So click on the link. Uh, it's what a beautiful name. Uh, and just spend some time reflecting on the one who had come Palm Sunday, sacrificed himself on Good Friday and overcame on Easter Sunday. So I'm looking forward to catching up in some different ways in the coming week. And um, again, look after yourself, keep praying for one another, and stay connected. Um, God bless, and we'll see you next week.